to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast, episode 71. We're uh, recording this on a bank holiday Monday after Easter. Big fight week coming up. Tyson Fury versus Dillian White. And instead of the usual, you know, three minutes each round, we're going to talk a couple of topics quick at the end. We'll still only be going for 25 minutes or so, but we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Fury White because that's all that matters really in boxing this week. Anyway... If you could uh, subscribe to the VIP YouTube site, brilliant. And if you can leave us a review, even better. I'm Steve Lillis, and with me, my co-host, John Evans, and a special guest this week. I think it's his second or third time on. It's one of the middleweight division's leading prospects, Bradley Ray. How are you, Bradley? No, I'm all good. Thanks, Steve, mate. Cheers for having me back. Good to have you back. And hey, you're back in the gym today, first day back after a couple of weeks off. I am, mate. Uh, I am about a nice... Uh... Nice rest, recharge the batteries, let me air down and good to go again now. Yeah, but before we, we talk about Fury, right, let's just start speaking, John will speak to you, myself will speak to you about your own career. You're 13-0 now, and earlier this month, it was that, was it Lucas Undafaluma, Luma, you beat on points? You've um, done better than i done with the living yeah, yeah. anyway. You know what, And we, we, we talk a lot on this podcast, and John was quite emphatic about it last week, about how well-matched Conor Ben has been made, the right fights at the right time. You know, your matchmaking has been pretty good as well. There's been the knockouts, you know, guys against with great records. You, you know, there's always a chance you could bang out. The guys like Undafaluma, who might just, who would take you that distance and learn you. How do you feel your matchmaking has been made by the various matchmakers that you've, you've had to work with, from John Pegg and whoever's doing your matches now at Boxer? Is it Carl Greaves? Yeah, Kyle does the matchmaking now, but I think it's it's one thing in my career that has really kind of propelled me, especially yeah. recently. Um, and it's it's kind of the difference between me and a lot of the other prospects because you know we've we've by no means picked easy fights. You know, when you look at my last my last four fights at uh, Luma, we've boxed at a good level, very experienced. Um, my opponent before that, Craig McCarthy, was undefeated. Before that was Jez Smith, again, who, you know, boxed at a very good level, give, gives most people a tough night. And then the one before that was Lee Cutler, who was undefeated. So I'm by no means taking easy fights, but I think it's one thing that me and my team, we've, you know, we've picked the right fights at the right time. And, you know, I think the, the a massive reason why I'm in the position that I'm in now and um, you know, I, I think we we kind of continue continue to do that as we are. And I would, you know, I think I think Blade and Steve and obviously boxing now who, who all have an input in me fights. You know, I fight anyone me whoever they, whoever they put in front of me. I'm not fussed. Um, but you know, I think they've done a great job with kind of the gradual step ups and the different styles and different opponents. Yeah. You know and you know, I think it's a massive part to how fast it progressed over the last few years. Yeah, um, different styles, different opponents. And uh, I remember Dean Powell, God bless him, uh, the late, great Dean Powell. Um, he always used to say the first 15, 20 fights for a prospect, you should fight every style, the negative southpaw, the aggressive southpaw, the, the puncher, the, you know, the puncher you should have the better of, you know, to, to make the complete fighter. Yeah, definitely. Because once you get to that top level, and you know you've got titles, and you're having mandatory challenges and stuff, you know you 
you can't pick and choose who you're fighting then. You know, you've got to have a bit of everything. And I think that's, um, we've tried to do that as a team. You know, I think we've done it quite well. I, I reckon a lot of matchmaking these days, and it's probably not so much the matchmakers because people like Carl and John Pegg are experts, aren't they? But I think a lot of it might be TV channels and stuff. It all seems to be done on comparison, doesn't it, Bradley? Well, he, he beat him on points, so we'll match, we'll match him with this guy and see if he can stop him. It's not done for benefiting the fighter with different styles and, and different things like that. It's all just done on comparison to see who can yeah. get the best result. Whereas you were... Like people, the people you've been fighting are different, aren't they? Apart from Jess Smith, but Jess fights yeah. everyone, and you've been able to be bought along and built by having these different styles. So yeah, you're being done differently, and we can all see the benefits. Yeah, definitely, and and you know everyone knows it. It just because one fighter be one fighter and he be it doesn't work like that in boxing. You know, oh. you've seen it so many times over the years. Um, like you say, the styles make fights and. Just because one fighter beats someone and he beat another fighter, it doesn't mean they're going to beat him. It doesn't work like that. So, um, you know, I, I think it does happen a lot now though, on TV, that doesn't it, where, um, you know, someone will come in and maybe cause an upset. And by that it, then they just get kind of passed around, don't they, by the other fighters in that division yeah. to see how they get on with them. Yeah, exactly. All it takes is one guy to come over from Slovakia win four rounds on a card and he's back again and again and again and again. You've been about too long, John, and you're like, you're getting more cynical than me. You should be speaking <laughs> to me on this every week when we record this, John. You're morphing into Lilith, mate. I don't want that, mate. <laughs> you're morphing into me, mate. The Slovakian guy who comes in week after week. Anyway, we're going to crack on and look, we're going to have a good chat about, um, chat with seven, 15 minutes about Tyson Fury, Dillian White. Um, the fight, you know, the hype, the magnifica magnification of this fight is going to go bananas as the, as the week draws on. So uh, I'm going to start with you, Brad. Our first question to, to both of you. Brad, is it going to be great hype, shame about the fight, or is it going to be one to remember, Fury versus White? Yeah, no, I do think it'll be one to remember. Um I think the majority of Fury's fights are now. It is it is just a real spectacle, and the fact that he's back in the UK, um, you know, it looked at, at a point where he wasn't going to box over here again, um, you know. So it's great to have him back, and you know, I'm looking forward to it. I am. I think the publicity kind of leading up to it, it's not kind of been there, but it's not needed to be. You know, it's such a big fight anyway. See how fast it's sold out, and you know. You've kind of had why you say, you know, I'm not having anything to do with the publicity in the press conferences and stuff, which has kind of added a little bit more interest. You know, is yeah. he just off in Portugal behind closed doors and smashing the training and it's just got the fight on his mind? And, you know, I think that it's got a few question marks above it. And yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the fight, to be honest. I think, yeah. um, yeah, just everything about it. Fury's ring walk. What was Fury going to do for his ring walk? And, you know, yeah, I think he's looking in quite good shape, Fury. I think I think he's trimmed down a little bit. And, you know, five weeks here now. And, like I said, the publicity and the advertisement maybe hasn't really been there. But once you get to fight week and, you know, it comes around fast. Bloody hell, it's Fury fight week this weekend. And, you know, you get them little little excitements and you start seeing the little bits on YouTube and on Facebook and stuff. And um, 
yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, and I think it, it's definitely going to be live up to the hype. Yeah, before I pass to John, I've been proven totally wrong. When Dillian White wouldn't think turn up at a press conference, I thought that would um, could damage the fight. John told me it wouldn't, and as usual, John was right. Anyway, John, you take over. Yeah, I was going to say then, go back a few weeks, and I, I said... The fact that why it's not been doing the press, it's actually meant that every day people have been talking about the fight. You know, it's kept it in the news. Yeah, you've not seen him kick off at a press co- a press conference, whatever. But every single day, people have been talking about Fury and White. And it's, in a weird way, if he's not tried to promote it, it's had the opposite effect, hasn't it? But um, I, I think it's going to be good, you know. They're both, too, they're both too chaotic characters for it to be boring. If you watch any Dillian White fight and any Fury fight, something happens. You know, Fury could be coasting and get clipped and go down. White can pull that left hook out of anywhere. White's got balls of steel and he's going to go from the first bell to the end. You know, there's no lying down in Dillian White, is the Fury can be dragged into a brawl. I, I think the least likely thing here is a one-sided decision. I, I'm certain there's going to be a couple of moments of mayhem along the way here. I think everyone's going to pick Tyson. But I, I think there's going to be some... Uh, it could be an up-and-downer. Really? Yeah, you, yeah. You... yeah. It, it, I was looking at the various odds on the fight and only one value bet jumped out at me and it was Fury to get off the deck and win at 9-1. to one. Really? Oh, well, you're, 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 you're not a bad sister, John, so I might have to have a little, little go with that. But no, I mean, look, uh, I, 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 ever since it's made, you know, I know you, you were saying the other week, John, about the, something chaotic could happen. I mean, you know, it's, certainly nothing would, would surprise me. I think Fury's going to go out there and just try and um, jab his way. And, you know, and just almost, I, I've got a feeling he's going to win absolutely as comfortably as he wants to. Don't know. I've just got this feeling he's coming in leaner. We're not going to see the, world, the Fury who jumped over Deontay Wilder. I think we're going to see the Fury we've seen in the past who just jabs his way. I agree on that. I, I think it's going to be easy for Fury. I think it's going to be an easy night and I think he's going to make White, you know, but he's by no means an average fighter, but I think Fury's going to make him look a really, really average fighter. Um, I just think his style's all wrong for him and the only reason I could see White having success is if Fury has overlooked him and took it lightly, which off his record, he has done in the past. Um, You know, a, a a few of them earlier comeback fights against the lesser fighters and, you know, maybe even Wilder in the, in the last fight. You know, yeah, I think he can overlook fighters and not turn up like the top of his game fury. Um, but if he does, which I think he will, I think I think it's going to be an easy night for him. I really do. Um, I think he's going to get him out of there. I think he'll stop him. I think he'll just beat him up, like you say, off that jab. I think he'll pepper him off the jab everything coming off the jab and I don't think he'll be able to miss. I will see. If you know this thing about him, him getting on his toes and outboxing people, when did he, how many times he done it? You know, Martin Rogan, he did it, didn't he? Where he just humiliated Martin Rogan. Chisora too, was, too. He was brilliant and yeah. toyed with him. I mean, that's why, that's the fight I'm, I'm, I'm comparing it. I'm believing yeah. Chisora that's too. A long, that's a long time ago. Klitschko, it was nip and tuck. That was a, an upright boxing match with a, another boxer. He didn't dance it. It was nip and tuck. Um, he tried Wilder the first time, but he got clipped bad twice and went down. He's not <laughs> done it with Otto Walling. He's not done it with Wilder the other two times. 
Tom Schwartz, you could say he maybe did it, but well, Tom Schwartz, isn't in, Tom class, Schwartz yeah. isn't in that class and he got a cut. I, I just think Fury, his fights are made for drama. You know, yeah, yeah. Something will happen. And uh, Fury might, he might be coasting. He might be, he might be eight rounds up after eight, but something will happen. I, I'm, I'm sure of it. I might be proven completely wrong, yeah. but the both are uh, such chaotic characters. I don't think he'll necessarily kind of get on his toes and look for that 12 round shutout. I think I think he'll stand in front of him and pepper him and I think it, yeah. he will when White takes that backward step I think he'll put it on him and I think that's when Flory's been at his best recently especially since the move um, with Sugar Hill and Kronk and you know when he's in that second wilder fight when he just you know he put it on him and I think we've seen that side to him before but it's just to not not that extent, you know, it, it was devastating and I think he'll he'll do that. Um, I think he'll be wary, I don't think he'll take the risks, but I think, you know, he'll put them shots together and, and he'll push him back and I, I can just see him beating him up, I really can. After a couple of rounds, I can see Fiori struggling to miss when he's throwing shots. Yeah, I'd say what, you know, also about these two, where it's it made me really, I don't know, look, I might look forward to it, where... I'm really pleased that he's so. I went back, I'm, I, I thought, thinking back to earlier in their careers, when these guys turned pro, I, I knew Dillian White quite well in his early days. I was doing some press work for Kelly Maloney and Dillian was on these small shows just knocking out the Slovakians who, who want to be coming here every week, but he was knocking them out. And he was thinking British title at best for him then. And I'm thinking back Tyson Fury, and I remember going to, John Mike may have been there around, oh God, 2010, um, this would have been. It was a few months after he beat John McDermott, the controversial John McDermott, and he knocked out some German guy in a round. And it was at Huddersfield Leisure Centre, and the fight everyone was there for that night was Gary Sykes fighting Andy Morris for the vacant British Super Featherweight title. It was on Sky. Tyson Fury was just a bit part player on this night. I think Carl Frampton was on the bill very early in his career, he was getting more attention. And I just think, you know, usually you know, when you get two British heavyweights, like, like this fighting with 94,000 people, maybe seven, 800,000 pay-per-view buys, they've had, they've had the kid, the, the golden treatment from day one. And these two haven't really, they, they, you know, when they turned over, they weren't far off blue collar fighters because if someone has said to you then, 12 years ago, these two would be fighting for millions and millions um, in front of all, nearly at Wembley Stadium, they would have sent you for a front all the bottom if you said that. And I think that gives you so much, you know, that's part of, you know, we not, this sport gets knocked. But isn't that beautiful about this sport, that this has happened, these two? If, if someone had told you Tyson Fury would still be unbeaten when he was getting put on his arse at the Trafford Centre. I was there that night, <laughs> yeah. And it nearly kicked off. It was nearly riot. The brother tried to jump in the ring. He looked like the yeah, yeah. The brother tried to get in the ring to chin the bloke who he chinned in the next round. <laughs> if, someone had, if someone had told you Fury would still be defeated, and when you had David Price tearing it up on um, on Sky, you know, while Fury was coming along, getting put over every now and then, no one would ever have believed you, would they? Nevin Padgett, that was the guy. Um, Nevin Padgett, yeah. Uh, um, did you, I don't know, you would have been... Oh, God, that was... You would have been still at school. Did you know about this fight, Bradley? Yeah, I've been... I remember watching Fury's an amateur, because obviously he was, oh. he was from um, 
Jimmy Egan just up the road yeah. from here. Went to the forum, watched him a couple of times when he was on on the amateur shows, and so I've kind of always followed right. him. I, I hold hold my hands up when he first turned pro. I was not a prize fan. I wasn't favouring Price, but I thought he was the one. If, if they were to box, really, he'd beat him and go on to go on to do the bigger things. And you know, I'm I'm glad he proved me wrong. I'm glad he proved me wrong. You know, he's proved me wrong a few times, Tyson, but. You know, I really am glad he proved me wrong with this one. Yeah, but I was um, not in his corner, but I think I would have backed Price if, um, if they would have yeah, come up hey, against When the, the Purse bids for the Price fight were going to happen, <laughs> where it was Mick Hennessy versus Kelly Maloney, it would have been. Uh, I remember speaking to Maloney about half hour after the... But where, and Price, Hennessy pulled Fury out the morning of the Purse bids. And there was uproar. He's ducking him and all that. It's, it's just nuts. And... Dillian, likewise, absolutely fantastic that he's come from small hall shows to this. Oh, un unbelievable, isn't it? Dillian's literally come from nothing, hasn't he? You know, yes. Fury had the name, didn't he? His dads were involved in the sport and they were known around the gyms and he was, a, you know, on the amateur circuit, Fury, but White has come from the streets, hasn't he? Mate, he's a street so, kid, don't worry about that. Lots of people say they've, they've had it tough, but Dillian <laughs> has genuinely had it tough, hasn't he? And for him to come from from nothing, and then the, the ban he picked up for, was it Jack 3D that he bought yeah. over the counter? Within six, well, within a year of him coming back from that ban, he was boxing on whole stadiums, wasn't he, down the card? Then Dave Allen at Leeds yeah. Arena. And to go from yeah. there to this, he's, he's phenomenal, um, really. I'd say, from them, I haven't spoken with him. I've seen him a couple of years ago and said hello, always remembers me, that you know, but I haven't got any sort of relation with him. But I knew him really well when he turned pro. But when I see him now in interviews, that's how he was yeah. when he turned pro. He is, a nut, he, he is a guy not to be fucked with, I'm telling you. Don't matter. He, he could have 10 million in the bank and the reputation. If he thought you was fucking with him, he'd just give you a clump, whoever you are. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I like about him as well. Yeah. You know, when, when, he, when he's done the, the face-offs with Chisora and he said, you know, we'll we'll I mean, we'll go outside now. You yeah. know, he's being deadly serious. <laughs> he's not just saying it because the cameras are there. He's deadly, deadly serious. So I like that about him. Yeah. So, so I've said a few times, and it reminds me of those um, lunatic eighties heavyweights. Oh, those eighty heavyweights, and and Dillian had a fit banging that scene. When you could have matched him with any one of those. The build-up would have been incredible. The fight would have been great, and afterwards he would have said something as well. John, if we start talking 80s heavyweights, we'll be here till next week with you. And me, <laughs> me and Bradley can go off, sleep tonight, and we'll still be going on tomorrow morning. <laughs> we talk 80s heavyweights. But, fellas, before we move on, we've been talking about this. We had a good discussion about it. Um, we've all mentioned, just to get a quick verdict on everybody, I'm going Fury, like, Fury points wide. I'm going Fury mid to late stoppage. Right, I'm, I'm going Fury stoppage in eight, but with a couple of really rocky moments along the way. Brilliant. Well, thanks for your insight on that, fellas. We'll just have a chat for a few more minutes. Um, you might have something you want to bring up. Um, well, something I want to get your opinion on. Again, I brought it up the other, the, the other week. Um, and Saturday night, I'm usually on a Saturday, I'm either at football or working at a fight zone show and, and what I'm catching up watching boxing on a Sunday morning. But this Saturday, I had nothing to do for the first time in ages on a Saturday. So I had... Um, the zone on no, the zone on my iPad and BT on the TV, and I didn't watch the Sky one. I watched a couple of minutes of Ryland Charlton, and 
we met, spoke about this the other week, and that was it. Was if every home it was Saturday, how absolutely fucking ridiculous it is to have all these cards on the same night. Now you've got Jason Cunningham, who's a bit of a fairy tale story, beaten by Conlon a couple of years ago, has bounced back. Now a European champion in the twilight of his career, nearing on. On the same time in the European title fight, the same, the very same seconds, you've got Conor Ben in the ring for a European title fight. Exactly. And on the other channel, you've got Ryland Charlton having World War Three three times in a night. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just ridiculous. I just wonder if, if anything, do you think anything could be done to prevent this? I think I think me, it's a lot of it is the promoters and wanting to go up against each other and say, ah, well, you had that show on this night and we had these many views more than you, and. You know, it's. I think the only thing that can be done is if the promoters start working together, which is just yeah. never going to happen yeah. because, you know, it, it's such competition and everything is, you know, they're just trying to one-up each other. Um, like you say, you've had these three shows on this weekend. There was nothing on last weekend. Yeah. It was an empty weekend, you know. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be very, very hard to kind of find a way around it unless, by some miracle, the, the promoters start working together. It's bad, Gray, because look at we were just talking about how well you've been bought on. You could be on at eight o'clock on a Saturday night in Sky in a well matched fight. You know, people are taking notice now, people are watching you and starting to get behind you. But the number of people watching it could be diluted so much because these channels on these fights on three other channels, yeah. people aren't watching you, they're watching the channel flicking or watching somebody else on yeah. another channel. And it, it's harming you. We, we all say our oh, boxing's great with so many shows, but for fighters like you who are putting the hard yards in. You want as many eyeballs on you as possible, don't you? And for just diluting the sport so much with all these competing, you know, competing cards. Yeah. The one I felt sorry for the other night, because he hasn't had a mention, was uh, Jason Cunningham. All right. The, uh, yeah. You know, he's it, becoming a fairy tale at this stage of his career. You know, um, you know, his challenger for the European title wasn't up to much. I will have that. But he did what a good fighter does to bad challengers. Just bash him up for six rounds so the guy didn't want anymore. That's what good fighters do to these fighters. And no one's spoken about it. You know, I, I just feel it's a real shame. But I think you're right, Bradley. Uh, you know, uh, until these promoters start working together, it don't matter how much people complain, um, it's not going to um, change. Yeah, I felt, I felt bad for Jason. I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. He's excited about being the main attraction and the headline. They put Nathan Heaney on after him and probably not many people watched his actual fight. Yeah. A shame for Jason. Yeah, it was a shame. That Nathan, I mean, the Nathan Heaney fight was, well, you know, it, it is what it is with Nathan. Good luck to him. He sells tickets. But um, here's, here's the man to ask. Well, did you <laughs> see Nathan Heaney the other night? I, uh, I've not seen the full fight yet. I've seen the knockdown. Um but, yeah, I think I've, I've made it clear I'd love that fight. But, like you say, he's a big ticket seller and, you know, they've clearly got a plan for him. And, you know, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's, Look, it's the you know... It's the of boxing. Definitely, definitely. You don't blame him at all. Why would you want him to get beat when he's selling them type of tickets and he has the potential to sell this stadium out in Stoke? You know, why would you want him? You, you've got to match him carefully and... You know, I don't think it's any fault of his own. And I think that was a big step up for him there on um, on Saturday night. And like I said, of, of 
I've not watched the fight. Heard he had a few rocky moments, but you know he got the win comfortably. So fair play to him. John, something um, you tweeted at the weekend. I'd like you to, to just the really good tweet John you made about how great the cruiserweight division's been. Yeah, yeah. For Brad will like this, and it's harks back to what we were saying at the start, doesn't it? You know, Bill and Smith at weekend. I thought he was really good against Tommy McCarthy. Tommy's probably a bit more talented, but Chris looked more well-rounded, more solid, and and did a bit of a job on him in the end, didn't he? But those cruiserweights, Chamberlain, Massey, Akoli did it, Billum Smith, <coughs> Riakpour, they've all fought each other. You know, all these other divisions, they seem to be being navigated through and looking for easy routes through to world-class and all stuff like this. Those cruiserweights have mixed it up. They've not been shy about getting involved. And when we do get to European and world level, they'll be battle-hardened. They'll be ready. They'll be used to hard fights. And they might just have a bit more success than the guys who've been navigated through. And I think Brad, like we were harking back to, he's benefiting from being well-matched and he wouldn't be shy about mixing it with the other middleweights. I think it, it's proven it's the way to go. Yeah, the, the, them type of fights early on in your career, you know, win, lose or draw, they do you the world of good down the line. When Once you get to them title fights and the big, um, and you've really got a kind of bite down on your gum shield at some point and everything, tactics are out the window and it's just, do you want it more? When you've done that early on in your career, even if it's just in spells in a certain fight, you know, it doesn't have to be a guy ward over four rounds. You know, as long as you've kind of had that uh, bit in you where, you know, you've had to dig deep and, you know, down the line, it does you the world of good and, that is one thing that me and Blaine say um, when, we, when we're picking these fights, you know, we're going to have to have rocky moments and hard times and that that's getting us ready for down the line when it happens in these big fights. Yeah. So the cruiserweight division, I just think domestic, not domestic and at world level are cruiserweights. I know the middleweight, heavyweight, lightweight might be the, you know, the, well, lightweight certainly trendy at the moment, but heavyweight, middleweight, super middleweight are the real blue ribbon divisions but I think over the last 35 years going back to before Carl Thompson the cruiserweight division has been consistently the most exciting around the world it's been absolutely brilliant um, I absolutely lo love the division and you know even now at the top of it you know guys like Akoli not not you know not everyone's cup of tea but try you try beating him you know Marius Breedis fantastic I mean it's a great division yeah yeah I agree and you came through as well didn't he and Everyone has a goal, don't they, at Cruiserweight? Everyone always has a goal. It's always good to watch. Before we go, was there anything you boys wanted to discuss this week because we've not done our usual bit of a six, three-minute round structure? Anything on your chest, John, you want to get angry about or you want to show a bit no, of... No, no, not get angry. Do you know who we need to give a shout? We need to give a shout to um, to Luke Evans, VIP fight, who had his first oh, fight. Oh, what happened in that fight? I'm sorry, Drew. What was the... Well, I think Luke... Again, Brad's the expert. He, he might know exactly how Luke felt. I think he came out looking like he had to impress and get involved. He I said exactly the same in the gym this morning. I said exactly the same. He got put on his arse twice, got up off the floor, ended up in a right fight, and it was a draw after six rounds. Was it the right um, result, the draw, or what? Or should it have gone the other way? Usually... The other guy had a point taken off the whole Yeah, I think it was a fair draw with, with the point yeah. taken off. I think it was a fair result. Um, with a body shot, didn't he, Brad? And the guy yeah. held on for grim death. Yeah, yeah, no, he did. And, you know, he's, he's a very, very talented lad, Luke. 
obviously I trained with him a long time when he was at Hatton's. Um, very, very talented lad. And, you know, I think you see in the side of him there where he, he had to bite down on his gum shield and, you know, yeah. he's shown that he's got a bit of bollocks and he's got a bit about him and he can he can have it out when he had to. Yeah, yeah. sink or swim there for a couple of rounds and he, he, he could either have got on his back foot and tried to pinch the rounds and lost and never been seen again, but he, he bit in and, you know, really showed what he wanted to do it. So fair play to loot there. And the result, look, I, I, I just saw the result and saw the bizarre scorecard. I wonder what happened. I'm glad you mentioned it, John. But look, what is it? It's his first blemish in 10 fights. And if he learnt from it, he's got plenty of time to come back now. Well, we said last week with John Pegg, didn't we? We'll find out if he can take one and we'll find out how much he wants to, wants to do it. And we found out, you know, he, he took one and we found out he wants to do it. So you could put it down as a couple of ticks in boxes there. Well, brilliant, John. Cheers for that, as always, mate. Um, before we go, Brad, when, when are you? Have you got a date you next to when you're out? I've not got a date yet. I've been I've been told to wait for July time. Um, so back in the gym now, and you know, hopefully, hopefully, some some big comes up. You know, I'm hearing whispers maybe Savannah Marshall, Professor Shields on the card going to be in July for boxers. So might end up on that again. Um, if anything. Back at the arena, you know, I, I'd I'd love to jump on that, but you know, I just want to keep progressing now, and hopefully, we're looking at some kind of title or some kind of title eliminator, and you know, getting the mix now. I think I'm at that level. I think I'm at that stage, ten round fight, and you know, getting get on the hunt for some titles. There's momentum with you because people are saying good things, writing good things on the internet and stuff. There is that momentum with you, isn't there? Yeah, definitely, and it, and it and it's good that you know it's finally come. It's finally come. You know, I've said it so many times, but I've I've come up the hard way. I've done it the hard way, and you know, I knew that when I turned pro, I wasn't gonna have my name up in light straight away. I wasn't gonna be rich or on TV, and you know. But I believed in myself that if I worked hard, I could get to the point that I'm at now. And you know, I've put the work in, and things are coming good. But you know, I'm just getting started. You don't, you don't fancy squeezing in another six-rounder against the late notice, same day weighing at Bolton White's Hotel. <laughs> Definitely not, mate. Definitely not. Weighings are over and then suddenly some little spot fella comes in and puts his head against your chest. <laughs> now, you're, you're a big time now. You're a big time now. You made two weeks globetrotting around the world on a European tour for two weeks before you went back <laughs> in the gym. Meeting all my fans in Munich and Austria. <laughs> <laughs> but no, mate, I, 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 like I say, I enjoyed my little rest there. But, you know, I'm ready to crack on now. I think this is this is going to be a very important year for me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've been very active as it is. Um, but I want to continue to be active. And then hopefully going into next year, I'll be in a good position where we can, you know, really start pushing to get into some big fights. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, I'll tell you what, thanks for popping on tonight, Bradley. Thanks for you for your, your chat and particularly you're talking so well about Fury White. The same for you, John. Uh, I'm confident, but always with you, John, you've got a great way of putting me off when I'm going to have a bet on a Saturday night. You have with your, uh, <laughs> you, you know, your, this could happen, that could happen. You, 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 you've got me thinking now, should I go for a disqualification anyway? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, fellas. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week and it'll be back the six three-minute rounds. And the guest is Nick Manners. So John and that bell will have to be really strict next week because yeah, he can talk. <laughs> Thanks very much, fellas. Nice one, lads. Thank you. For all boxing info, news and latest interviews, 
Amateur and Pro, across the north, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.